ശരിക്ക ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يوصيكم الله في اولادكم للذكر مثل حظ الانثيين وقال تعالى وآتوا النساء الصدقات هن نحلة فإن طبن لكم عن شيء منه نفسا فكلوه هنيئا مريئا صدق الله العظيم Respected honored scholars, ulama, elders, beloved brothers, mothers and sisters and we have some brothers all the way from Mecca to Al-Mukarrama you know who are out in the path of Allah from the blessed city of Mecca And those that are listening over the receivers, we begin by praising Allah Rabbul Aiza, our creator, our sustainer, our cherisher, provider. We send countless blessings, salutations upon our leader and master Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his honorable companions, his household and those who follow him. Friends and elders, the topic that we have selected for discussion today is indeed a very pertinent, a very important topic. In fact, every topic is important. But this is something that each and every one of us 
can relate to in some way or the other. What did Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say before I tell you what the topic is? He said, Innahu nisful ilm. Innahu nisful ilm. This is half of knowledge. Half of knowledge. And in one narration he said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Innahu yunzah. This knowledge will be taken away. Will be taken away. Innahu awwalu mayunzah. Amongst the first aspects of knowledge that will be taken away will be this. And what did Nabi alayhi salam say? He said, close to Qiyamah, people will dispute regarding it. They will dispute regarding it. And they would not have competent people, you know, to go to, to give them the correct rulings. And what is that? Nabi Ali Salam spoke about the laws of inheritance. The laws of inheritance. He said the first knowledge that would be taken away now generally, you know, this is not a topic that is spoken about, you know, on the Jummah platform on the day of Jummah, because it's a very complex topic. It's a very uh, in-depth topic and it requires much discussion. But the reason as to why Allah put this thought into my heart is that, you know, this month being the month of September, or this week being what, what they refer to as World's Week. So there is, uh, you know, people are attaching more importance, you know, to setting up, the, uh, getting your affairs in order. You know, I recall during the COVID pandemic a few years back, uh, you know, when people were dying in large numbers. I mean, there was a time where a man was 70, close on to 80, then, you know, you know, he's next in line. You know, somebody was 50 years, still, still planning for the next, uh, you know, next 20 years. I mentioned the other evening as well. I mean, we're living in a time today, uh, you know, in the recent past, you know, and I know how many young people have passed on. You know, there are more janazas that I've attended of young people than the elderly. You know, and this is something which is so important. That Sayyidina Umar bin Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, you know, he used to walk around with his wool in his pocket. What did my Nabi say? The famous narration that two nights, if you own any wealth, anything that you own, Two nights should not pass, but have it written down, have it written down. And this is what I want to speak about. Now, when we look at the aspect of wealth, we look at wealth. Wealth, one day Nabi Ali Salam asked his companions, which one of you loves his money more than that of his heirs? Sahaba said, of course, each and every one of us. Nabi Ali Salam said, what you own is what you have invested in Akhirah. What you own is what you have invested in Akhirah. What you currently have in your possession does not belong to you. If you die, you close your eyes, what you leave behind, your, your Sharia will decide how your wealth will be distributed. This is such an important aspect of our deen that we need to understand when we look at the other tenets of deen. You look at Salah, you look at Hajj, you look at Siyam, fasting in Ramadan. Uh, the other tenets of deen. Quran makes mention you need to perform salah. Quran will tell you you need to go on hajj. Quran will tell you you need to fast in Ramadan. But the details of salah, zakat and hajj are found in the teachings of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When it comes to the laws of Islamic inheritance, Allah himself 
in Quran stipulates the shares. So if a person negates a injunction of Quran, a person is out of the fall of Islam. A person is out of the fall of Islam. And I will explain this towards the latter part, you know, of the stock. So when we look at wealth, remember wealth, Allah Ta'ala has given it to you. It is an amana. There is a framework within which you utilize that wealth. I mean, today we see, you know, how wealth is abused. You know, having a lavish function. And you say, you know what, take certain amount and give it. It's my money, I can do what I want. Who are you to tell me? Who are you to tell me? I mean, wealth is an amana. It's a trust from the side of Allah Rabbul Izzah. And we need to work within the framework of Sharia. Work within the framework of Sharia. Similarly, you know, when a person passes away, when a person passes away, there's a certain framework it's legislated in Quran, not my discretion or your discretion. Or you're going to court and you're fighting a court case. You might get away in this world. The Hadith of Bukhari, what did Nabi Ali Salam say? Verily you present me with your arguments. You know, often it happens, I've dealt, I'm talking about in the recent past, in the last month. You know, uh, families come, Mulana, what's the, how do we resolve this thing Islamically? You give them the Islamic ruling, you don't hear from them again. Why? It's not acceptable. We can't accept it. We start fatwa shopping. We start fatwa shopping. I mean, there are how many cases? You know, the man lived a righteous life. Five daily salah, the man went on hajj, the man went on umrah, giving charity, did this, did that. The man passes away, he leaves behind a world which is totally un-Islamic. What does the Quran say? What does the Quran say? These are not my words. Number one, we need to understand that during your lifetime, you know, if you have kids, during your lifetime, you need to maintain justice, fairness, and equality between your children. This is something which is so important. In every aspect of the nurturing and the tarbiyah of our children, you need to maintain justice, fairness, and equality. One Sahabi came to the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's a famous hadith. And he said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, I want you to gift, uh, you know, I want to gift my son something in your presence. So Nabi Ali Salam said, Do you have any other sons? He said, Yes, O oh, Nabi of Allah, I've got another son. So Nabi Ali Salam said, Have you given him what you want to give this son? He said, No. One day Nabi Ali Salam was sitting, one Sahabi comes to him. And his, his son came running to, towards him. And the Sahabi picked up his son and made him sit on his lap. Few moments later, his daughter came. So he looked at his daughter. He said, you sit in front. Nabi Ali Salam said, why this unfair treatment? You know, you made your son sit on the lap. You made your daughter sit in front. And many of us are guilty of it. And we don't realize it. I mean, how many children have told me? You know what, Qulana, my father is biased towards, uh, you know, towards my, uh, you know, towards me. You know, he's given my brothers and my sisters so much more. And he has deprived me. It's not a little, we need to understand in the, uh, you know, in the light of Quran and Sunnah, what does the Quran say? What does the Quran say? A person will trespass the limits of Allah when it comes to inheritance. Such a person, the Quran says, will remain in the fire of Jahannam forever and ever. Now the question one may ask is, you know, a sinner who is a Muslim will be punished in Jahannam, but ultimately a person will enter into Jannah. 
what is meant what are the connotations and the repercussions of the statement of allah in quran that a person who trespasses the laws of inheritance and he does not leave behind a proper islamic will such a person will reside in the hellfire forever and ever the scholars of tafsir have labored in great detail trying to understand and unpack the statement of Allah Rabbul Izzah. I'll just share with you two observations of the Mufassirin. They say, number one, because of the great crime that you have committed, a person will remain in the fire of Jahannam for a prolonged period. That's one interpretation. But majority of the scholars of Tafsir they say that such a person who negates a injunction of Quran is out of the fall of Islam. You're out of the fall of Islam. And often you hear this, that you know what, I can't accept this. That why in Islam does, a, does the man get double that of the female? And there are many that are questioning this here. So let me explain to you, you know, what's the wisdom behind that? You see, my brothers in Islam, a woman at no stage is she responsible for even providing for herself, let alone anyone else. So what do people do? The Quran says, In fact, I dealt with a case a few days ago. This brother says, you know what, Malana, I got married. I told the wife, we're getting married on condition you contribute 50% to the expenses of the house. I said, what you're doing is un-Islamic. What you're doing is un-Islamic. But Malana, she's earning a salary. You get married to the woman, it's your responsibility to take care. We're speaking about the necessities, not the luxuries. I mean, if she wants a Louis Vuitton bag, or she wants to go to Burberry, and I don't want the sisters to misinterpret. You know what I'm saying? Listen to what Malana said. We're speaking about the necessities and not the luxuries of life. The basic necessities. That's your responsibility. You know, to take care of this woman. What used to happen in a pre-Islamic era, that people used to, you know, a man had a debt. He would take his daughter and he would say, you know what, there is my daughter in lieu of the debt that I am owing you. Or person leaves behind in his world. This used to happen in the pre-Islamic era, in the time of Jahiliyyah, that you know what, my daughter, I give her to so and so, in lieu of the debt that I am owing you. This used to happen in the time of Jahiliyyah. Often it happens, often it happens. And one of the reasons for that, you know, you would find, when it comes to your sons, there is a closer bond and attachment that many of us have with our sons. Why? You know, they will carry our lineage. They will take my lineage forward. You know, daughters, like they say, daughters are visitors, you know, in the home. But I suppose we're living in a time today, you know, the son gets married, he becomes the son of someone else. He becomes a garajamai on that side. And daughters will always remain your daughters. Um, subhanallah, tabarakallah. I always tell brothers, your daughters get married. Cut off that umbilical cord, man. You know, don't pry into their personal lives. But I'm saying we're living in, we're living in a sick society. You know, Islam has given us the legislation and the constitution of Islam. So what does the Quran say? Often you would find the executor of the estate. My brothers, you know, we don't want to take a survey. I, you know, often when I speak on this topic, I was invited once, I think it was in Canada or the United Kingdom, and they asked me to speak on, there was a session at a seminar on wills and inheritance. So I said, how many of you that are sitting in this audience have a have a will in place. Conservatively, 
70% of them said we got, a, we got a will in place. Out of the 70%, how many of you have a proper Islamic will? You'll be shocked to know only about 20% of them had a proper Islamic will in place. And this only surfaces after the man leaves this world. And they say, Malala, you know what, can you sit with the family? We need to you know, distribute. I said, show me the will. The man leaves behind a will which is totally un-Islamic. He favors the sons or he favors the daughters. You know, this son of mine, I love him the most. And one son is deprived or two children are deprived. You cannot do that. Whether you like it or not, whether you like your son or whether you like the daughter, or, you know, because he got married, you know, he got married on his own, I write him off. It's not for me to decide. It's not for you to decide. Once you close your eyes, Sharia, Allah Allah says, I will decide how your wealth will be distributed. So what often happens is that the executor of the estate, you know, he tells this poor woman, you take a woman who spent her entire life at home, you know, she doesn't know what's the value of money. She doesn't know what's the value of money. And as the executor, you know, perhaps you're one of the heirs, and you tell your sister, you know what, the estate is valued at 10 million rands, but you will be getting 300,000. This woman thinks to herself, you know, 300,000, I never enjoyed 30,000 in my life. You know what, she gets... But her share of the estate was a million rands. And you're doing your own sisters down. You're doing your own family down. It's a sad reality. It's happening in the Muslim community. It's happening in the Muslim community. On the other hand, the Quran says, If there are children that the father has left behind, if you are appointed as the executor of the estate, give them the rightful share. You know, today you find many opportunists in the, in the community. You know, this, this property is valued at, uh, you know, at 10 million rands. And you say, you know what, let me seize this opportunity. And you say, you tell the heirs, it's only valued at 5 million. I'll give you another property. I'll give you two apartments. And you take this property for yourself. What does the Quran say? You're filling your belly with the fire of Jahannam. You're filling your belly with the fire of Jahannam. Really, my brothers, it's a serious matter. It's a serious matter. You might get away in this world with some rands, dollars, and pounds, but wallahi, there's something like akhirah. There's something like accountability in the court of Allah. So what do we do if somebody leaves behind a world which is un-Islamic? As children, as heirs, you need to do the honorable thing and do a redistribution. Put everything back into the pot and do a redistribution and give every person the allocated rightful share. Otherwise, if you are taking away, what did my Nabi say? Oh, in many books of hadith, uh, it's recorded. You take away equivalent to how much? A hand span of wealth. What is meant by that? You take away a dirham, one rand, one dollar, one pound. That's not yours. What did my Nabi say? The seven earths will be converted into a necklace and they will be shoved down your throat on the day of Qiyamah. That money will bring you no joy. That money will bring you no happiness. It will go from doctors to lawyers to problems to advocates to worries. How many families are torn apart? Fighting court cases over inheritance. Put Allah in front of us, my brothers. Put Allah in front of us. Do the honorable thing. Well, like I said, the time of Jumu'ah is not sufficient for us to go into, uh, you know, into the, you know, the details of the topic of inheritance. My brothers consult with scholars and ulama, or those who are competent in the field. You know, those who don't have a sinister motive, don't have a hidden agenda. You don't have your will in place. Set up a proper Islamic will.
set up a proper Islamic will. You know, there are cases that I have dealt with personally. That the husband, you know, passes away. You know, he had COVID, passed away. Living a comfortable life with his wife and his kids. And the moment he passes away, husband's family comes to the wife. You know what? Out of the house. You know, go back to your parents. The children are left with nothing. The wife is left with nothing. Get our affairs in order, my brothers. Get our affairs in order. Just one, uh, just one thing I would like to make mention of, and thereafter we will terminate. So when it comes to, uh, you know, dissolving a person's estate, one is, number one, you need to take out the funeral expenses. You know, today what normally happens when a person passes away, it becomes like a party, you know, for one entire week. I mean, the first call is to Manjaras. I'm not promoting them. So, I mean, you know, to, you know, it becomes like a party. And everybody from the neighborhood, what did Nabi Ali Salam tell the companions once Sahabi passed away? He said the neighbors should arrange food for this family. It's not for the family to feed you, but it's for you to feed the family. This is something which is important. Number two, if the person left behind debts, settle the debts of the person. Nabi Akhirim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know my brothers, you know, when you go overseas, what do we say? I'd rather buy the can of Coke in the local supermarket. While you go to the airport, you'll pay five times the price. In Akhirah, your Salah will go, your Zakat will go, your Hajj will go. Everything will go. Settle your debts in this world. Have a clean slate. If you're owing people money, make it known to them. You know, take me to court, do what you want. You might get away in this world. But Wallahi, it is something like accountability in the court of Allah. I mean, how many people we know where the debtor is living in more comfort than the creditor and the debtor phones the creditor you know what make dua i'm going for umrah what umrah are you performing living in a you know living a flamboyant lifestyle you're living in a sick society no you know what take me to court go do what you want like i said you might get away in this world but it's something like accountability so number two settle the debts appoint an executor who's god fearing or fears the almighty allah study the riwayats whenever janasa used to be brought Nabi Ali Salam, first question, Hal alayhi daynun? Has he left behind any debt? Yes, so Nabi of Allah. Has he left behind well to settle his debt? Yes, Nabi Ali Salam used to perform the janazah. One janazah was brought. Hal alayhi daynun? Has he left behind any debt? Yes, has he left behind well to settle the debt? No. Nabi Ali Salam opened the books of hadith. Sallu ala sahibikum. You perform the janazah. I don't want to perform the janazah salah of that man who passed away leaving behind debts. Sahaba used to step forward and used to say, O oh, Nabi of Allah, we will take the responsibility. Like one Sahabi, you know, when his father passed away, he said, when I calculated the estate of my father, I found that my father was owing two million two hundred thousand dirhams he said i took the entire responsibility upon myself to settle the debts of my father i mean how do you do that today and often my brothers i always say this that you know the father has certain morals and values certain qualities the father is extremely generous but no sooner the father is gone you know as parents we need to instill these qualities in our children we need to instill these qualities in our children. So number two, like I said, number one, you know, the funeral expenses. Number two, to settle the debts of the person that has passed on. And number three, Sharia has given us that concession to bequeath to a maximum of one third of your estate to a non-heir. Understand that. 
It's a very detailed discussion. You can bequeath to a maximum of one-third to a non-air, whether they are Muslim or non-Muslim. And this throws into perspective, you know, illegitimate children. And, you know, one may wonder, and I mean, it's, it's a reality. Like the Urdu poet says so beautifully, Bepardagi se kya natija nikla? Jisko beta samja wo batija nikla? Because of the lack of morality and this common trend of immorality, the one I thought was my son turned out to be my nephew. Or the one I thought was my nephew turned out to be my own son. That's the society we are living in. That's the society we are living in. So, like I said, to bequeath, you know, to a maximum of one-third, to a non-air, Sharia has given that flexibility. But like I said, you cannot say that, you know what, I'm depriving the son in my will. Or this daughter or this son of mine, I'm giving him more. You know, that I'm giving this one. That's totally incorrect. I mentioned the repercussions in terms of Sharia. Such a person will suffer eternity. You know, what does the Quran teach us? And in fact, when we open the books of Ahadith, the wealth of knowledge that is contained in the books of Ahadith, that no decision would be taken regarding that person until his debts and his affairs are not sorted out. You know, often I mention to families who are sitting in court and fighting over the inheritance, you know, of the late father. And, you know, on one hand, you praise dad, dad, I miss you so much. I said, my brothers and my sisters, both of you, all of you sit around the grave of your father and kill each other because your father is spinning in his grave. Do the honorable thing and do that which is right. Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq and the ability, you know, that we reflect, my brothers, like I mentioned, you know, my opening comments where my Nabi said, this is half of knowledge. And he said, this will be that knowledge that will be taken away and people will dispute about it. And they wouldn't be competent people to give you the correct Islamic rulings when it comes to inheritance. I mean, we have competent scholars and ulama, we have organizations, and we have those, uh, you know, those individuals in our community, you know, who deal with these type of issues. My brother's death is a reality. We need to constantly remind ourselves, one day it is that man, one day this woman. Will my time not come? Homes have become deserted. Qabristans are full. Qabristans are getting full. There is no place to bury. Let us, inshallah, make this near if there's one lesson that we take with us you know today and like i said this is a topic that is normally not discussed on the juma platform but i thought just as an appetizer as an introduction you know to introduce the topic and to create you know some thirst to study if you open surah al-nisa this is the surah in quran in the fourth juz study the the verses verse 11 12, 13, 14. That's the homework of today. When Allah Taala speaks about the distribution of a person's estate. The father passes away, leaves behind a wife, and leave behind, leaves behind children. How much the wife will get, how much the children will get. And by the way, you know, just as a disclaimer, those who have many secret wives. So, you know, often you would find that they, they are deprived. So, you know, they share. I mean, if the husband passes away and he leaves behind two wives, and he leaves behind children, you know, then the wife would inherit. We all know the must like their children one eight, or if there's no children, she will inherit quarter. Now you think the first wife will want to share her one eight with a secret wife? So we need to make proper adequate arrangements, you know, whilst we are alive. So I see there are many brothers that are smiling, yeah.
But khair, Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq, Allah Ta'ala grant us the ability. Brothers, if there's anybody that is listening or amongst you that requires advice or you want to, you know, set up your will, uh, you know, according to Islamic, uh, you know, laws of succession, inshallah, you could speak to me or I would direct you to, you know, the relevant scholars and ulama organizations that normally deal, you know, with these issues. Allah Ta'ala grant us the tawfiq that inshallah we take lessons, you know, from these advisors, you know, that we're given. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, Khairukumman <laughs> بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله الذي أرسل بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسل وبارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأتباعه وأزواجه وذرياته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم
فارحم امتي بامتي ابو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه واشدهم في امر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه واصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه واقضاهم علي رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمه سيده نساء اهل الجنه رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيد شباب اهل الجنه رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزه اسد الله واسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفره وظاهره وباطنه لا تغادر ذنبا الله الله في اصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن احبهم فبحبي احبهم ومن ابغضهم فببغضي ابغضهم وخير القرون قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم اللهم عز الاسلام والمسلمين بالامام العادل ذي القوه القاهره والسلطه الظاهره على الكفره الباغيه واغفر اللهم لجميع المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الاحياء منهم والاموات برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين والحمد لله رب العالمين اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وادعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى واعز وجل واهم واتم واكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين يقول يا ليتني قدمت لحياتي فيومئذ لا يعذب عذابه أحد ولا يوثق وثاقه أحد يا أيتها النفس المطمئنة يرجعي إلى ربك راضية مرضية فادخلي في عبادي وادخلي جنتي الله أكبر سميع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم 
مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين تبت يدا أبي لهب وتب ما أغنى عنه ماله وما كسب سيصلى نارا ذات لهب وامرأته عمالة الحطب في جيدها حبل من مسد الله أكبر سميع الله لمن حمدا الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد مبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم ربنا اتنا في الدنيا حسنه وفي الاخره حسنه وقنا عذاب النار اللهم ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار اللهم ربنا هب لنا من ازواجنا وذرياتنا قرة اعين واجعلنا للمتقين اماما اللهم ربنا ولا تحمل علينا اسرا كما حملته على الذين من قبلنا ربنا ولا تحملنا ما لا طاقه لنا به واعف عنا واغفر لنا وارحمنا انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اللهم انصر الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم ربنا تقبل منا انك انت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا انك انت التواب الرحيم صلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه محمد واله وصحبه اجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين